Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hey, good morning, guys. I've um, been listening to your show for a couple months now. I'm a fairly new listener. I'm out of California. I was calling about Churchill Capital. Uh, just to get your opinions on it, ticker symbol CCIV. They took a spike after their rumor of their merger with Lucent Motors. And provides unbiased answers. Well, here's my general thoughts on the space, because this is, this is a difficult one to, to analyze. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I'm 21 years old. I love investing. I really want to build a portfolio for my future that's mainly focused on dividends. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, May 27th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all being here. And as always, I'm going to help guide you, just like we do each and every day here on Invest Talk, into making better money decisions, investment decisions, savings decisions, overall having the right framework and frame of mind to make good decisions consistently. It's not about doing it once, it's about doing it time and time again. You're never gonna be right all the time, but if you think about it in the right way, think about the process of making these decisions the right way, then more often than not, you will make a smart decision. And that will ultimately lead you to the path of financial freedom. And your path is gonna be different than everybody's, but I am here to help you in any way I can. And I'm gonna operate this hour with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. So no matter what I'm speaking about, a particular stock, industry, strategy, whatever it is, I'm here to present it all without bias. I'm just gonna give you the facts and the perspective that comes with 20 plus years of investment experience. I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape this show. And you can interact with me right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or leave a question on our anytime voice bank. Either way, that number never changes, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, this is Donald again from uh, Pennsylvania. I love the program. I did have a question about a stock, ticker symbol I-C-O-N, Iconics brand group, apparel and accessories. And the stock is trading at a really low price, like it's under $2 a share, and appears to be near bankruptcy. However, according to some of my analysis, which is probably faulty, I don't know, it scores really high on potential comeback just really interested, especially in what you have to say about that, and uh, listen for the answer on the program. Thanks. All right. Great call. Great question. And this is a company that is struggling under the weight of its debt. Looks like it has about $550 million in long-term debt, and therefore its market cap is very small, only $32 million. And you say, well, that's cheap. Well, it's not cheap if 
they go bankrupt because the equity is essentially worth, worthless then. And if you look at their business, and for everyone else, what they do is they market uh, all different types of uh, apparel, accessory, accessories, footwear, etc., for young men and women. And certainly their business has been impacted dramatically by the pandemic. But even before then, they were struggling. They were losing a lot of money. They lost $10.37 in 2019. Lost $0.60 cents last year. Expected to make $12.90 this year. A lot of this looks to be a lot of accounting uh, overall. Uh, accounting type of, uh, I don't want to say gimmicks, but um, a lot of things going on with that. But they the good thing is, is that they have... Their products in Walmart, Target, Kohl's, Sears, etc. Sears obviously went bankrupt, so that's probably an issue. So they have brands like Peanuts, Mossimo, Starter, uh, Sharper Image, London Fog. Those are their brands. And clearly they've built that conglomerate of brands by utilizing debt. And this is what happens when you use too much debt. 2014, their stock price, let's see what size of their stock price back then. $445 a share, and that's at $2.26 a share. That's the perils of being over leveraged and having too much of a balance sheet, and so or too much uh, debt on your balance sheet. Now, they've been issuing more shares to kind of uh, keep themselves afloat and out of bankruptcy, and that's that's a positive that they're still able to issue more shares. Trailing 12 months, free cash flow is 30 million. So you can see that that 550 million is a big, big, hefty number. Even if they're only paying maybe 4%, they're not covering their their interest, okay, uh, much. And so this is the worry here. Now, technically, it looks it's actually looking fairly bullish. So this is a high risk play. I'd really have to dig into uh, the the financials. What are their when's their uh, maturity of their debt? Because that's really important. Is can they roll any future maturities out to further years and stave off bankruptcy? If they can, and the chart is actually telling me that they can because it's it's pretty bullish. Broke above the 200 back in December and is consolidating nicely. So I actually kind of like this from a risk reward standpoint. Very high risk, but pretty good brands and the chart is looking good. Now my focus point today is based on this story. Weekly mortgage demand has fallen as interest rates moved higher. A slight increase in mortgage interest rates brought down overall demand and home shoppers are looking for a timing strategy. I'll look into this story and let's check on the market. That's what I want to do right now. We had the S&P up four points, very, very modest gain on the S&P, the NASDAQ, that ended it down 1.7 points. So really a very flat day in the markets. The NYSE, that was up 79 points, so uh, pretty decent gains there. And that was on the back of the Russell, which was up about 1% today. Small caps did well. That was really the outperformance in the market uh, for, for, the, uh, for the day. Still, we're going into a Memorial Day holiday. Typically, there's not a lot of volatility ahead of the holiday like this. Monday, we are off. There is uh, no market open. But still, value outperformed. Small cap value up one and a quarter percent. Small cap growth only up half a percent. In fact, large cap growth was down three-tenths of one percent. You had uh, 
let's see, I think it was, I saw one company, yeah, Google was down 17 points today, Amazon, that was down 35 points today, and Apple was down a point and a half today, one and a half, one, 1.57. So you see the FANG names are acting relatively weak, and you continue to see commodities do very, very well. Today was a very strong commodity day. Now we're heading into a break, and here's a quick programming note. Monday is a market holiday, and like I said, it's going to be closed, but we have assembled a new Best of Caller Questions program. It will be posted on Monday, Memorial Day. But for now, my phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Let's go talk to Carl in Oceanside. He's looking at UVXY, which is the VIX Short Term Futures ETF. Do you own it or looking to buy it? It was, I looked at it, three days ago, it was around 450, and today mm -hmm. it was 3527. How come there is such a big difference? It's called the reverse split. It's, it's called okay. the reverse, oh, reverse split. So uh, this is very common for a lot of these, uh, these short ETFs, and... This is how they maintain a reasonable price, uh, even though they lose money almost consistently, day after day, month after month. Uh, split adjusted, meaning they've had these reverse splits many, many times. Back in 2018, five for one, four for one in 17, another two in 2016, five for one. There are a bunch throughout the years. Now split adjusted from the start of this ETF, Want to know what the price is? The very peak, $2.4 billion. Now, what that means is if you put $2.4 billion in this in 2011, today you'd have $35. Pretty wild. So this is, a, as you can tell, this is not a buy and hold investment. If you ever were to buy it, it would only be for a short, short term. Okay, Carl? Yes. Okay, so it has a, a reverse split. I didn't know that, and uh, I looked. I couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's reported. Uh, and how reverse split works is, yeah, the price goes up by 10 times, but your shares get cut by 10 times as well. So if you have 100 shares... The price went all the way up to $35, but now you only have 10 shares. So you effectively have the same amount. All right. Thanks for the call, Carl. This is Invest Talk. Let me try. Let me start into my focus point. And it's based on the story that mor weekly mortgage rates are, are down. Sorry, excuse me. They're up, <laughs> excuse me, from uh, to 3.18%. Refinancing demand fell 7% last week and down 9% from a year ago, which is interesting, is that you're starting to see those comps go the other way. All the aspects of the pandemic that help certain areas of the market, like 
refinancing of mortgages, lowering mortgage rates. That's uh, uh, going in reverse right now. And if you look at home purchases, they increased 2% from for the week, but we're 4% we're, we're lower from a year ago. So you're seeing the affordability in the market really biting with higher rates and a lack of inventory and higher prices. And this is really the story right now. This is the, this is the current story. The, the, the lack of inventory, that's still there, but we've reached that point where affordability is so stretched and we've exhausted all the really desperate buyers. I don't say all of them, but a lot of the desperate buyers. And so that's why you're seeing that lower transaction volume. And that slowly is going to rebalance the market on top of the mortgage and rent moratoriums being lifted. And that's going to bring a lot of supply on the market as well. And it goes to show you that higher rates just really aren't tenable for the market. But that might be a good thing. The Fed might want that. I actually think the Fed wants that. They see year-over-year increase in prices higher than we were in 2006, 2005 time frame, and the last housing bubble. And they saw what happened back then. They don't want that. They don't want a ton of transactions at these high prices and have so many people stuck with mortgages that maybe are underwater. They saw the perils of that. And that went on for years. And it created a lot of issues. They don't want that. And that's why I think they're going to shift their focus, shift their QE from a split between treasuries and mortgages to just strictly treasuries. Why support a market and support transaction volume at these short-term inflated prices based on short-term factors? Like QE to support the mortgage market. Like mortgage and rent moratoriums. So that's the way I see it. And the numbers are bearing out that we are kind of bumping up against the ceiling in the market right now. This is Invest Talk. Let's, let's, uh, what are we going to? Are we going to, oh, we're going to a break. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And with all the changes that we see in the market right now, it's important to remember that during these interesting times, the task of building your financial future must not stop. You have to continue. You have to focus on this regularly. Have a plan. Build a plan. Adjust the plan. Life changes. And you must adjust with it. Markets change. You must adjust with it. So you cannot afford to backslide. And that's why we're taking your calls live to help you out at 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. We've already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free Invest Talk podcasts. 
The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. Hey, good morning, guys. I've um, been listening to your show for a couple months now. I'm uh, a fairly new listener. I'm out of California. I was calling about Churchill Capital uh, just to get your opinions on it. Ticker symbol CCIV. I put a fairly small position into it. I seem to put more into it. They took a spike after their rumor of their merger with Lucent Motors, and now that merger is going through. Um, it's set to change the ticker this quarter, and I was just wondering your guys' thoughts on that merger and the details of it, and also just Lucent Motors in general. So, thank you guys. Appreciate what you do. Have a good day. Well, here's my general thoughts on the space because this is this is a difficult one to to analyze because it's not. Really, it's public, it's trading, but they haven't had an earnings report. There's not much information. They're not producing any cars yet. Uh, In fact, they're projected to produce 557 cars this year. That's it, in the second half. And therefore, that's clearly not enough to get too much revenue. In fact, there's a shareholder lawsuit that said before the announcement of the merger, they were projecting 6,000 cars produced this year. Now it's only going to be 557. And so there's a lawsuit, especially now that they've fallen from $60 a share in February down to $19 a share and change now. But I want to talk about the car industry in general because it's sexy, but history says it's a poor business. And I don't care whether you're you're running the car on steam, on natural gas, on electricity, on gasoline, on diesel. It doesn't matter. The history says profitability in that sector is very, very low. It's competitive. You want to go buy a new car, you have dozen plus different brands with all different models. So literally hundreds and hundreds of options. And that makes margins relatively small. And it's a very capital-intensive business. And so everyone gives a story about us going electric, and that very well is likely the case, especially with governments getting involved and incentivizing and pushing into a green future. However, the bulk of the money, the profits, the cash flow in my book are going to be made from the inputs to those vehicles, the commodities that go into those vehicles. And so while the brands are sexy and it's fun to watch an unveiling of a cool new car and concept, the real money, the real business, good business in this revolution are in the commodity producers, the ones that have access to the materials that are needed for this green revolution. And so it's tough for me to recommend Lucid in this case. This is a Lucid Motors, CCIV is the spec. And I would not be adding to it. I would be looking for more exposure in the commodity space. Now here comes a question that we seem to get almost every week, but we are always adding new listeners. So I will play it here. This came in on our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name's Carter Morissette. I'm from Minnesota. I'm 21 years old. 
I love investing. I really want to build a portfolio for my future that's mainly focused on dividends. I want to get paid that, you know, that residual income year over year. Just wonder if you guys could recommend any, you know, dividend-focused ETFs or any, you know, individual equities as well um, that pay a great dividend for the long haul. Thank you, guys. Well, one thing I will recommend is to focus not just on the dividend, but the growth of the dividend. In fact, that's more important, especially because you're young, you're 21. That payout today and that yield should mean very little to you. You're not living off that income now. But if you can invest in companies that can grow that dividend, even if it's paying half a percent today, and it can consistently earn money for shareholders and grow its business base over time and slowly inch up that dividend each and every year, that is the best strategy that will work longer term. And this goes back to what I've always said. Dividend investing is not about the dividend. It's about the business. So focus on the business. I like that you're looking at dividends that will likely give you uh, some discipline when it comes to valuation. And I urge you not to chase dividends. I urge you to focus on the raw business, the raw sector that you're investing in. Try to diversify among different industries and focus on dividend growth. Now the next invest talk, this story. Amazon is considering ongoing, or sorry, opening U.S. pharmacy stores, according to an insider. If you own drugstore stock, should you be concerned? The e-commerce giant launched an online pharmacy in November for delivering prescription medications in the U U.S. and adding physical locations is likely a natural progression. That story tomorrow, which Steve will cover, but for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99Chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say 
You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We're already moving through the second quarter, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. 
888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Joe from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm just calling about SPY, and I am looking to invest, I guess, just overall in the stock market, but with the market kind of turning to value instead of growth, I'm looking at SPY, and its top holdings are Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet, making up about 20%, it looks like-ish, of the index fund SPY. So does that make SPY not a great investment at this point? If you're wanting to invest in the market, should you look at just the value names with index and maybe try to do that? Or is SPY still something that over the long term you can invest in and and it would be a, a good decision? Thanks for taking my question and I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Well, you're basically looking at the S&P 500, that is the most traded ETF in the marketplace, the SPY, and you're right. It is very heavily weighted towards your big tech names, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, and both share classes of Alphabet shares, and uh, you're, that makes up a little over 20% of the overall index. Uh, the highest weighting on the value side would probably be, would be Berkshire Hathaway, which has more industrials, uh, insurance with Geico, etc. And that's only 1.5% of the overall index. And then JP Morgan, and then Tesla, obviously that's a growth name, and then Johnson & Johnson. And those are the top 10 holdings in the S&P 500. So three out of the seven are value and, or sorry, three out of the 10 are value, seven of the 10 are on the growth side. So if you are investing, you are getting your weight you're having a much higher weighting uh, on the growth side of the market uh, now if you're looking to invest in the value side there is the SPYV which is the value ETF the growth side is the SPYG so that's a way to kind of carve up the value uh, exposure versus growth exposure if you want to do it that way and both still have low PE ratios, etc. Uh, but if you're looking at SPYV, for example, you're going to be getting names. Let's look at their top holdings. Top 10 would be Berkshire, JP Morgan, Disney, Bank of America, Johnson & Johnson, Exxon, Verizon, Intel, Cisco, and Pfizer. So while you can argue those top growth names, those FANG names, shall you say, are great businesses and you want to be invested in the long term and you can you can still argue that but as we said before this is an environment where value is likely to do better in a higher interest rate higher inflation type of market when the dollar is strong when interest rates are falling growth companies high multiple companies tend to trade at even higher multiples and that's just not the environment that that we see where we're entering and you've seen that uh, over the past nine months or so. So if you want to lean towards value, SPYV. There you go. Let's go to John in North Carolina looking at BRTX. Do you own this or are you looking to buy it? Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a bit of both, I guess, because it's been bouncing around from about 210 to 220. Um, and fundamentally, I, I, I'd just like to know how you guys evaluate drug companies because you have to think about the pipeline. How, how do you incorporate that into your, your valuation projections? And then maybe you could put that into context with this specific stock. 
um, as well as maybe looking at it technically, because technically it looks like it's bottomed over and over and over. I'm wondering if it's a good time to pick up shares. Well, I wouldn't say it looks like it's bottoming. It's just hammering on that support level around $200 a share. I believe you're talking about Vertex Pharmaceuticals, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's a VRTX. I think I had it as B. But yeah, Vertex Pharmaceuticals. You're right. Drug companies are difficult to value because they often have patent cliffs that you have to account for. And sometimes those patent cliffs are big and problematic because it's a, maybe a large percentage of their overall revenue and profits. And it may be easily to replicate. Other times, it may be a small percentage of their portfolio, or it may be very difficult, or very difficult for a generic drug company to come in and replicate and produce those drugs. And so it's, it's definitely definitely varies between uh, companies. And then there's a pipeline, like you said. How, how many drugs do they have in the pipeline? How many are in stage one, two, and three? What is the whole addressable market for those drugs as well? And so all of these factors make valuing a drug company notoriously difficult. You certainly have to look what analysts are saying because they understand the industry probably better than, than most analysts in any industry. It's a, it's, it's a lot more complex than a lot of industries like commodities or industrials, etc. So what you want to look at is cash flow and how much that cash flow is at risk over the next five to 10 years with patent cliffs. What is their pipeline and that, once again, addressable market. Uh, and you really want to look at the chart. The, the, the market's going to tell you whether or not this is a company that's on a good trajectory or not. And what the market is telling me right now about Vertex is the growth that they've had from losing money in 2015 to making an 85 cents in 2016 to making $10.32 last year up from 5.33 in 2019 and supposed to make $11 this year, 12 next. So the growth is slowing. And you've seen that revenue growth in 2019 was 62%, last quarter it was only 14%. And so in my mind, that's what the market is discounting here is that it's a slower growth company and therefore it needs a slower or uh, a, a smaller multiple. Now the bigger question is, is it getting down to that evaluation yet that makes it look attractive? Now trailing 12 months you have free cash flow of about $3 billion on a $53 billion company still growing. I, you know, I like that, but technically it's still poor. Um, and so until it gets probably, I think that big support level would be around 165, it's at 207 now. That's an area that I would be interested in it, 165 to 170. Uh, and until those technicals improve, I just wait on this, keep it on my watch list, and that's about it. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. Let's keep things moving. The next question came in earlier from a listener in Georgia. Hey guys, this is Carl from Atlanta, Georgia. Just calling in to uh, ask your opinion about Rocket Mortgage, RKT. They're in a class action lawsuit. Get your opinion on whether to drop the stock or hang on to it. Look forward to hearing your opinion. 
Talk to you later. All right. So another one of those, I believe this was a SPAC, that is in a class action lawsuit. SPACs are they're lightly regulated. <laughs> so and you can say things the the good thing about SPACs is you can make forward looking statements when it comes to a SPAC, when you make that merger announcement. On an IPO you can't. And so making those forward looking statements also opens you up to potential lawsuits if those forward looking statements look far off from reality. And oftentimes in this space, you're starting to see that that happens, I would say more often than not, but regularly. And lawyers love to file class action lawsuits when the price of the stock goes down. If the price of the stock doesn't go down, there's no damages. But you can easily say there's damages when reality is different than that forward-looking statement. Now, earnings are supposed to fall from $4 last year to $1.64 next year. And that's the issue here, is that company is shrinking, or analysts see it's shrinking. So why is that? Is it higher mortgages, a more competitive marketplace? I'm not sure. But once again, technicals are pretty weak. It is cheap here. If it's still going to make $1.64 next year, it's at 18 It's 11 times earnings. Getting a little boost here over the past couple days. I'm starting to like it. I actually think it's pretty cheap here. Uh, let me take a look at some other figures before I tie myself to that. Trading at two and a half times revenue, enterprise value revenue, not bad. Revenue trading to a month's 18.7 billion. So this is a big company. So I'm going to give this uh, a thumbs up now that it's at a reasonable valuation. Thanks for the call. Now Memorial Day is Monday, and that means summer is right around the corner. So I encourage you to refocus now that summer is here. I know you're going to be busy traveling, but you need to stay, keep your eye on the prize, which is your own version of financial freedom. And that means consistently learning, consistently making good decisions. And if you ever need help, making some sort of investment or financial decision in general. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you at our company, KP Financial in Irvine, California. We offer the same philosophy that we do here, which is independent thinking and shared success. And we do that by implementing unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and practicing parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So. Myself, Steve. Steve has a great background on insurance and obviously the markets. I have a real estate background. Steve has a real estate background as well. And so any money decisions that you have in your life, we can be a sounding board. And that's free. No obligation consultation. You can reach out to us through investtalk.com or call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Once again, no obligation, we just want to help. Next up, unless we get a live call, we will play a question that came in earlier. That's next in one minute. Phone lines are open at 888 chart There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime, typically each day and night. 
the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. Again, thank you guys so much for everything that you do. I have a question about a SPAC that I own, Social Capital H Holdings. It's I-P-O-E. It is about to merge with Social Finance Incorporated. My two questions are, um, I was listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I think you guys said something about whoever deals with uh, mortgages or auto loans will do good in an inflation period. Just wanted to confirm that. And two, I have this SPAC, and I'm just curious to know that should I sell it once it turns into SoFi, the actual company, or should I hold on to it? Just want to know your thoughts about it, too. I know there's not much detail yet, but just want to know your thoughts. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye. All right, looking at IPOE is the symbol, and he's right. They are merging with SoFi. Social Financial, I believe it's the long version of that. And they did have blowout earnings back, let's see, in May 22nd, $216 million in revenue, and guided to, oh, that was that was ahead of, of uh, guidance, and look at the profits. See, these things aren't on our system, so you have to read the, uh, you have to read the report. Full year guidance, net revenue of about a billion dollars for the year, and it is about a $2 billion valuation today based on my calculation, and it looks like they're profitable as well. So, yeah, not not by much. Adjusted EBITDA expected for this year to be $27 million. So, I actually kind of like that. I wouldn't sell it based on some sort of de-spacking, and that's when it goes from the ticker symbol of the SPAC to the ticker symbol of the company. For example, Playboy was, I believe it was CACC, if I'm remembering correctly, and <clears throat> we bought it then, and then the, actually the next day it turned into Playboy, PLBY, and that's what it will be now until maybe they get bought out or go private. And so that's what de-SPACing means. So that's to me, that's not a catalyst to sell or buy the company. It's just changing the ticker. There's no change in, in the company really. So I, I based on the numbers that I'm seeing, the expected earnings and expected revenue for for the company going forward looks like a decent deal to me. Now your question on inflation and mortgage people that deal in mortgages I think you said uh, they'll do better. What, what that means is when inflation goes up, that's good for banks. It's good for those companies that have that outstanding. 
Why? Because it's easier to pay the old debts in nominal terms. Okay, there's a lot more dollars out in the system. It's a lot easier to service debts. It's why the Fed goes out and prints money and floods the system with dollars. Because that keeps liquidity flowing. It makes it easier for companies and people to get their hands on dollars to repay those debts. If suddenly the amount of dollars in the system shrinks, it becomes harder. So that's how that means. That's what that means. Now we're going into the final break, so I'm taking your calls now at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, gentlemen. This is Andrew from San Clemente. I just got a question about short squeezes. If you're on the long side of it, how long does the average short squeeze last? And I'll give you an example of like uh, Virgin Galactic, ticker symbol SPCE. Looks like it's having a short squeeze. I don't know, back in December, it looked like it may have one as well, and it ran up for a couple months. Just curious about the average length of a short squeeze. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Well, I can't really say there's an average length. I've never studied that or read anything on the on the time frame of that. But typically they are relatively short, <laughs> no pun intended. And that's because short squeezes are when people are forced to cover and forced to get out of their short position and buy the stock at whatever price they can. And once those desperate buyers in this case are gone and they've covered their position, oftentimes there's very few people that are willing to continue to buy the stock at that particular price because most buyers are not desperate. For example, when there was this short squeeze in SPCE back in early this year, January, February timeframe, it really lasted about a month, going from 25 and change to over $60 a share. And didn't stay there for very long, chopped for about a week, and made a full round trip. By the beginning of March, it was back around $25 a share. So they tend to be pretty short, short term. And they can be great ways to speculate. GameStop, for example, that went from, in January, went from 12 bucks all the way to $458, then a round trip all the way down to 35, then another short squeeze to 27, 275 and change, then back down to 132. Now we're at 254, another quick short squeeze. I do think we're about the end of this little game here with the short squeeze uh, opportunities, but hey, you can make good money in the short term if you can catch the long side of a short squeeze. Now let's fit in one more caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Logan in Colorado. I uh, love the show. Just have a question about lifetime brands. Symbol L-C-U-T. Fundamentals look good, and I do like future growth. It's on a 
smaller pullback here. Just wanted to get your thoughts on an entry point. Thank you. All right, this is Lifetime Brands, and they make kitchenware, tableware, under brands like Faberware, KitchenAid, Cuisine de France, and others. What else? Yeah, they have a few other uh, brands. But their, their business has been doing well during the pandemic. Clearly, people are at home, cooking more, and they need stuff for the kitchen. And so their business has been booming. But I think this is the exact type of name that is likely returned to pre-pandemic profitability, which in fact, 2019, they lost a penny. They only made 28 cents in 2018. Yes, they're supposed to make $1.29 this year, expected to make $1.54 next year. I, I'm not buying that. I just don't think that suddenly their business is going to be drastically different. Plus, people are going to be moving outside their homes, less in their kitchens, doing things. Uh, and so I don't think they'll need these items, especially because they're one-time items for the most part. You buy a bunch of cookware. Do you need to buy new ones every year? No, maybe every five, seven years or so. So to me, I'm not a buyer of this. I would rather own something that's a little bit more consumable. I like the consumable side of the market, but this is just not one of those. So I'm going to pass on Lifetime Brands. Well, that about does it. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. Get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com, where you can browse by topic. Whether you want to learn about growth stocks, value stocks, 401k, savings plans of all types, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate, whatever it is, you can browse by title over there. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.